his disciples are still struggling with. It's a question that has been on the minds of all the people he meets. The only ones who know who he is are the demonic powers because they see him coming from a mile away and they know when he comes into town, they're in trouble. The sense we get from Mark's telling is that when Jesus takes his closest followers with him up on the mountain, he is recapitulating the ancient tradition, a tradition that most of you will probably be familiar with from your classes in Sunday school or from reading scripture or from what you have heard tell as you have made your Christian journey. The mountaintop is the place where the law of the covenant is delivered to God's people. And it is delivered through Moses. The mountain is also the place that Elijah goes, if you remember the story, after he has slain the prophets of Baal and gotten in trouble with Ahab and his wife Jezebel, and she threatens his life and he flees into the wilderness where he is sustained by an angel and he goes to the mountain of God. And it's actually quite a funny story because if you remember, he comes out and there is an earthquake, but God is not in the earthquake, and there's a fire, but God's not in the fire, and there's a whirlwind, but God is not in the whirlwind, well, not that time at least. And then there is the sound of sheer silence, and he hears a small voice say to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And it is from there that Elijah is sent by God to continue his work of prophecy to those in power and also to recruit his successor, Elisha, whom we hear about in today's story, his disciple. And so in the gospel reading, we have the third mountaintop experience, if you will. And the two previous ones are there with Jesus, embodied in Moses and Elijah. Two cornerstones, if you like, of the prophetic tradition. And somehow Peter, we don't know quite how, recognizes them. He knows who they are. And because he is frightened out of his wits, he tries to normalize the experience. He calls on another ancient Jewish tradition, the tradition of Sukkot, or the Festival of Booths, the recollection of what it was like for the ancient Israelites to live in a temporary abode while they were on the move. And he says, let's just go into that ritual practice here, and it will make it feel a little bit more normal, perhaps. Or as I've sometimes suggested, maybe he was thinking that if he made abodes for each of the three of them, they could just stay up there on the mountaintop and hang out together and maybe watch the Super Bowl, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nifty? Mark wants us to understand that Peter doesn't get it nor do James and John, and in fact, they will not understand this. As he warns them as they return 
back to the world, they will not understand until the tomb is empty. This is why we have this story every year on this Sunday, the Sunday that is the inflection point between the season after the Epiphany and the beginning of Lent, that time of preparation for Easter. It is our invitation to join Peter, James, and John on the mountaintop with Jesus so that we can look behind us and see the deep tradition that stands with us. And I would go even further than the scriptural tradition and say the tradition that all of us and each of us has inherited from our families, from our society, from our past, and to see Jesus greeting us with all that we carry from that deep tradition. And it raises a powerful question for us, who is this Jesus? We could talk about who Jesus is to the church, of course, we could talk about who Jesus is to the tradition, now that we have one after 2,000 years, but who is Jesus to you in light of all that you have experienced and all who you are and all who stand before you, who gave you life, who gave you identity, who gave you your education, your vocation, your calling, and your place in the world. Who is Jesus now in relation to all of that? And of course, the other implication is we are not only looking back on the mountaintop, but we are looking forward. We are looking to the path towards Jerusalem and Christ's passion and the cross, all that it represents. From our own suffering to where God meets us. From the death that awaits all of us to the potential for new life beyond that. For what it means to give our hearts to something and have our hearts broken open. This is the invitation of Mark's gospel to us today. Maybe to be a little bit like Elijah on the mountain, to find that God is not in the headlines of the newspaper, or in the fire, or in the great flood, or in the storm, or the wind. But in that still small voice that comes to us and says, why are you here? Why are you here? I offer that to you at this inflection point in our calendar as we prepare for the season of Lent. Who is Jesus to you? 
How does Jesus speak to everything that you are? And everything you have yet to become. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.